live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. It's been a while. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Every week we do that. Every single week. <laughs> yes, we do, Mike Lawson. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show with my co-host, Mike Lawson. Mike Lawson, what did you think of uh, the elimination of Mrs. Kasha Davis? Um, Whatever. <laughs> anyway, what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? How's uh, life? How's, it's been a while. Been, we didn't even record last week. Yeah. In fact, I was thinking today when I was thinking about recording, I was like, will I still know how to do this? <laughs> how to catch up with Mike? Yeah. Am I going to know what to do? I'm not going to know what to do. But, but you know, I think I think the way we do it is then you tell me what's going on with you. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. What's going on with you? And you make fun of it. No. And then... I, listen, I listen intently to every word. <laughs> um, well, this happened like weeks ago it feels like a month now but i went to uh monterey with my roommate uh mario he works for this event planning company and each year he gets to attend this like fancy event that benefits the local boys and girls club down there and he asked me to be his plus one now hold on for a second i saw the photos on facebook Mm -hmm. and i was thinking oh that's Mike used to work for the Boys and Girls Club. Does that Correct. ever come up? Do you ever talk? Do you ever think uh, about that? A little bit. Well, what's weird is when you're a Boys and Girls Club slave, like you are uh, behind the table taking the people's money for all these like expensive auctions that they have going on. You're slaving away that day. You are sweating and disgusting, and it's a horrible day. Um, and I was on the flip side of it this time, so it kind of felt good uh, because – you know, I'm just used to being on the other side of things. Would you tell people, like, I used to do this? No, or, like, I didn't. Them, or... No. I just put my nose in the air and uh, didn't even acknowledge their existence. Just you know what's funny is, uh, so this is a big fundraiser that they do. Yeah. Is there big money thrown around at said fundraiser? Tons of money, yeah. Yeah. So are you like me? Like, you know, I remember every year since we've done this show, I've gone to that Homeboy Industries Gala. I'm going mm-hmm. this week. You'll hear about it later. But, you know, I sit at a very big money table and right. everybody gets up and they're like, sure, I'll donate uh, $100,000 yeah. to play golf once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and No, it's even worse at this thing because they do it for a hug. They don't even do it for something. <laughs> it's like, so a, a gang member can give you a hug. Uh-oh. And then meanwhile, I'm like, I don't I have a dollar. You know, yeah. like, are you in the same boat where they like. Uh, yeah, well, what's cool is, I mean, Mario was uh, sitting next to me and. I feel like I'm better off than Mario even. So, like, mm-hmm. it was good. I mean, people at our table were certainly throwing money, um, but I wasn't part of that. But to get down there, Joey, it was in Pebble Beach, which is like a two-hour drive from here. And Mario's... Two hours in the car with Mario. 
I know. And Mario's co-worker um, is kind of, she's kind of uh, organizing this specific event. So she is already down in Pebble Beach, but her date, um, and it, it, he's a gay guy. Um, her date is uh, up here in San Francisco. Does she know? That he's in San Francisco? That he's gay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They're on a gay rugby team together. So, and she's a lesbian. Oh, so okay. I was all she, like, wait, what's going on? She was like, hey, my, my date is up there. He's going to drive, but you guys are already driving. It would work out really well if he could just uh, take the BART to your guys' house and then drive down with you, right? Okay, and wait, let's just stop anywhere. right now. I'm sorry. Let's just stop right here because what's the question as a gay man that I'm going to ask? Is he hot? Yes. I already sent you pictures when I thought we were going to record last time. Do you remember uh, that? Did you send me via text? I yeah. can take all this stuff. Here, out. I'm pulling up. Use you. <laughs> you replied with uh, the picture of the actor that with the cigarette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I just resent it. If you need to see it again. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 I think you mentioned like okay. okay. This guy's important. So just so everyone knows, like Joe, I did the web design for this actor. I built him like an online portfolio years ago. Years. Years. Years ago. Like 10 years ago, right, Joe? Maybe and, over, yeah. And he sent me, like, all of his photos. And one of them um, I thought was so funny that I sent it to Joe or I showed Joe. And it's basically him holding a cigarette. And it's, like, just the cheesiest actor face. Like a wacky Vince Vaughn kind of thing. So Joe and I, whenever, like, we get a picture of someone being goofy, uh, Joe kind of has that in his arsenal. And he'll send it to me just out of nowhere i'm gonna say that photograph is up there with one of the most influential pieces of comedy in my repertoire like when i want to make a face of a guy being wacky is i emulate that face <laughs> in my head when i'm doing like i'm wacky like it's I'm actually on. i'm actually even doing it right now i'm actually gonna <laughs> we don't do uh we don't do uh video we don't do video so i'm actually gonna take a picture i won't cut all this out <laughs> Okay, I sent it, I sent it to you. Anyway, so so the wacky guy. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's the face. <laughs> so, so the wacky guy sent you this picture. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you even listening to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the wacky okay. guy, went in a car with you. So yeah, the rugby guy, uh, rugby player, want asked to drive with us. Oh, he to asked to. Oh. He has to ride along with us because yeah. we're we're taking the two hour drive, and he's like, I could just you know, get in the car. It would save him the drive, right? Yeah. So we pick him up at the Bart station by my house. He lives kind of far from us. Like San Francisco is fairly small; it's like seven miles wide, maybe. Uh, but he lives in the far, far, farthest corner, um, like in the sunset, so far west, San Francisco. Okay. So we drive and he's pretty normal, thankfully, because before we picked him up, I said to Mario, like, what if he's a creep? Neither of us had met him. We know nothing about him. Um, We know that he's on the gay rugby team with her and that's all we know. So I was like, oh, God, what if he's like hard to handle? But he was kind of bro-y, pretty normal, though, plays rugby, like I said. Uh, But I could tell from the beginning that Mario thought he was hot. Like, right away, Mario, like, like, sits up in his seat so he doesn't have, like, stomach rolls. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was, I was like, Yeah, oh, but isn't Mario involved with some guy he met at a bar? The last, the last we heard, which was a couple of weeks ago, 
Mario was at a bar and he met he fell in love at this yeah. bar. That that guy's still in the picture, but it's not I mean they're not you know serious. They're not, they're not exclusive. Right. Um so we get on the road and as soon as we're on the freeway the guy's like, "Uh are you guys hungry?" I'm like, mm, you're a guest in this car. You don't ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> so Mario and I both said, yeah, before we get there, we should stop and get lunch. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I'm not going to make it the whole way. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, okay, get off at the next e- exit. There's a Five Guys Burgers. That'll do. I'm like, That'll what? Do. That's demanding for a yeah. guest, right? So whatever, we eat lunch. And he's, I mean, we, <laughs> Wait, we have. He's such a top. You guys went along with it. All right. I, <laughs> we had we had a good conversation everything is fine and kosher but we get there and we're getting ready to go to the event which is like a 10 minute cab ride away from our hotel so we get dressed and we meet a group of people in the hotel bar and i'm like on my best behavior because everyone there is work friends with mario not his like friends friends do you know what i mean yeah was so, there like, a chocolate fountain there no, no chocolate fountain. For those of you don't know, Mario in his job will not deal with a chocolate fountain. No, Go he ahead. hates them. Yeah. So I'm on my best behavior, and his boss ship walks into the bar, and she's this kind of sassy older woman. She's like pushing seventy, right? Maybe mm-hmm. even over seventy. She's she's up there, and she's wearing Joey a hot pink dress, which is above the knee, like mm-hmm. really. And she has like a decent body, like. You could tell she like takes care of herself, but she's older. And um, we have a couple drinks, oh, and then be fucking careful, Lawson. We have a couple drinks, and then be careful. I think I said nothing wrong. Okay, I know. Um, but but don't worry. If I did, we will hear about it. Yeah. Um, we go to the. Uh, we're gonna taxi to the event, like I said. But Mario's boss, she's like, "We're gonna drive. Why don't you just squeeze into our car?" So Uh-oh. she sees how big the group is. There is six of us standing there that are all going in her car. And she said we can fit. So I'm thinking like minivan or SUV or something on the bigger side. Yeah. Uh, we're smart s- car. We're standing at the valet and just a regular Lexus sedan pulls up. Like a regular <laughs> car with five seat Is belts. she Mexican? No. <laughs> oh, because that would be standard issue for a Mexican. Man. No. In fact, she probably hates. I shouldn't say this. She probably hates Mexicans. Like the main, the main, the main topic of conversation was how awful unions are and how they will be the end of the world because people can collectively bargain. And I just sat. I just bit my tongue the entire fucking time. So uh, we get. We're like getting ready uh, to Did get, you get in, in the, the car, car, and the rugby was like. You guys hungry? No. <laughs> There's Rug- Arby's. Rugby was in a different car. They were gone already. Oh. But it's five seatbelts, six of us. So I look at Mario and I was like trying to make eye-, eye contact and be like, why don't we just Uber? I'll even pay for it. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want to do this. And uh, instead of making eye contact back and picking up on it, he just gets into the front seat. So it's Mario and Mario's boss's husband in the front seat while four of us try to squeeze into the back seat. Mm-hmm. So we do that, and Joey, his boss is basically sitting on my lap. Oh, like, she must have gotten so excited. Joey, on my lap. Like, a yeah. bumpy drive. Like, if I had one impure thought, her opinion of me would have changed. Like She, she knew... would have been like, <laughs> oh. 
So Hello. The, she, well, actually, if you would have had one impure, she would have shot out of that car like she was on Top Gun or something. Down. Like she would have just ejected out of that car. We haven't had a dick joke in a long time. I know. It makes it good. <laughs> uh, the event was really good. Arsenio Hall played. Um, and that was interesting. It was a room full of rich white people. And he does a lot of like racial humor. So um, it was good, though. It was good. Um, but get this, Joey. Uh, after the event, we kind of go out to a bar. By the way, Monterey closes down at like 1130 at night. It was we couldn't even get a drink uh, in the evening. But the the rugby guy was originally going to get a ride uh, to the event with us. But then he was going to take a ride home with the coworker. Mm-hmm. But she decided that maybe if Monterey was nice enough and uh, the rugby guy could ride back with us oh, and it would God. save her this extra trip or something. Mm-hmm. And in her defense, she asked Mario. Mario could have said no, but he said no problem. So in my head, as we're getting in the car and getting ready to leave the next day, I'm like, well, we're just going to drive home and he'll take the BART back to his house. Well, let me ask you a quick question. Let me ask you a quick question, which would have been the polite thing to do. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question before you get to this. Because you, you didn't really comment on this. Apart from the Five Guys thing, how was the two-hour drive? How was the conversation? How was the interaction? How was the chemistry? It was good. He's... He's just very broy, and I don't mean this like I would never be friends with someone like this, but he's like aggressive in conversation. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, am I, am I you like never that? deal with that. No. Or wait, are you like that? I don't think you are though. Oh. Wait, I don't get. Are you trying to say you? are? I was trying to say that I am. That you no. deal with that every week. I was saying you. I was. I was uh, lobbying a, a slow pitch to you there. No, I don't think you are like that though. It's like. Um, just very innocuous stuff. Like Mario will be like, Oh, I have to work on Monday. And then all of a sudden we're talking about his plans on Monday and the rugby guy will tell everything he has to do Monday. You know what I mean? Like it just didn't feel a natural give and take. It was just Mm -hmm. a lot of take. You know, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of gay guys are like that. Really? I've, I've, yeah, I've bitched about, I've learned this on Grindr and the scruff and I've bitched about this for a long time. In fact, uh, my cousin Richard, uh, I have a gay cousin, Richard. He's a week younger than me and gay. Uh, it's something that when I first used to say this, he used to be like, shut up. You're being dumb. That's You're so, homo- you know, like self-hate homosexual. But now that, you know, as we know, has been very active on Grinder and Scruff, has commiserated with me how true that is, how there are a lot of gay guys who they just they don't know how to have a conversation. And, and like, it's weird. It's a gay thing that I, I mean, I'm sure there's straight people who do it, too. But um uh, that you'll be you'll you'll do the natural course of the conversation like oh so y- you know what do you do and he'll be like oh I'm a paramedic you know and they'll they have no problem talking about themselves being a parent but they won't they won't give it back to you they won't lie it back to you right and a lot of times when you ask questions it's because that's a topic you want to talk about yeah. so you're waiting for people to ask you back yeah right? oh what do you do then or whatever mm-hmm. right Sure. So, and Joey, this gets worse. Um, oh, no. I think some of it might also have to do with his age because despite his hairline, it's, he's like 23. Exactly. I was yeah. going to say it's a young thing. It's a young yeah. thing. It's a so, young gig, I think. Mario has a crush, crush on this guy, remember. And, and I don't think he was like crushing on him like I'm going to get with him. But he, you could tell he got, he was into the kid and yeah. he, he knew it was going to go nowhere, but he was into him. So when they asked if we could drive him back to san francisco he said yes and i can't believe he's 23 he looks 33 i know but i think i think he's a handsome man no yeah he's 33 yeah so 
I thought we were going to just drive back to our house and then he could take the Bart, but no. Yeah, that would be that would be the nice thing to do. As we're driving, Mario says, you know what? I'll just take you all the way home. Okay? Uh, Which, Joe, is like an hour, extra hour on a two-hour drive. Yeah. For me. But I'm a guest. I had a great weekend. It cost me nothing. I'm happy, right? Um, so as we're driving, uh, we get on the road and Mario has his Pandora uh, playing on the radio. And it's a Mumford and Sons station, which is like super chill music, right? Like relaxing, kind of good for a drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Mario doesn't pay for Pandora, so there are ads. Mm-hmm. And the rug- the rugby guy, he's like, hey, uh, why don't we connect to my Pandora so we oh, don't have no. to hear these ads? And know. Mario's like, sure, anything you want. Take yeah. anything from me you want. And... Son of a bitch car won't sync to an iPhone via Bluetooth unless you're in park. So we have to pull off of the highway. Oh, my God. So that we can do this. Now, I pay for my um, Spotify, so I don't have ads. But I imagine it's, what, one or two ads every couple of songs? Yeah, every three songs, maybe. So we pull over, and we sync to this guy's uh, iPhone. Oh, and, I can't wait Joey, to hear what it is. If this was you, if you're in the back seat and the oh, guy no. driving you home is playing a Mumford and Sons channel, and you take over, what would you play? I maybe not, but something in the same vein. It, right. I, uh, I'm you would take to be up like the Nickelback mood. or something. No, like. it was an EDM playlist. Oh, so we went no. from like mellow guitar where I could close my eyes and relax to okay, not relaxing at all. And then, Joey, this fucker falls asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> so we have over an hour of drive left, and we're listening to Unz Unz music that neither of us want to hear, hear, and he's asleep, so we can't turn it. Uh, but here's where it gets good. Oh, my God. So this dude lives in San Francisco, I told you. But mm-hmm. like I said, the furthest possible point he could live from our house in Oakland. So about mm-hmm. an hour out of the way for us. But remember, Mario's hot for him, and he would do anything for him. So we're driving way far out of the way. He's in the backseat on his phone, and we're almost to his house. And he says, so it looks like I'm going to be meeting up with some friends out near your house. (gasps) Wait. No. He said, (laughs) would it be cool if I just drop off my bag and then catch a ride back with you that way? The fuck. (laughs) What the fuck, right? Oh... I hate this person. So Mario just took it. And like after we dropped him off, I said like, that was kind of fucked up. And Mario was like, I know. Like he should have just taken. I mean, he had a, it was an overnight trip. It wasn't like he was carrying tons of stuff. It was like a duffel bag. And he was like, made us go out of, out and of you know the, the way. The thing so is, based on what you're talking about this guy, he knew way, way before. He could have, he knew before. He probably. And he just wanted us. Yeah, but he didn't want to carry that bag. So fucked up. So that was our afternoon in Monterey. What's up with you? Any good stories about young assholes being young and assholey? Ugh, well, I didn't see Cameron. Oh, I did see Cameron last week, but it was just boring. I'll, also, I'll give Cameron this. Cameron's not like that. Cameron's very give and take. Cameron, you know, can I mean, that's why I like Cameron. He's, he's not like that. A lot of young people are, but he's not like that. Uh, no, I've actually seen a lot of my friend Paul. He's come up. In fact, it's so funny how convenient that uh, he was in the story from the episode we released last week. But my friend Paul, who, um, because of what he does for work, he has to go see a lot of plays, you know. <laughs> and so he has his boyfriend who he, again, uh, 
I don't know if this came up in the episode. The boyfriend John and I actually are getting along really well right now. But in the past, we've had a very contentious history. Yeah. And so he and John, uh, John is obviously by this point sick of going to fucking plays with Paul. You know? Yeah. So so uh, Paul constantly has these extra seats for tickets. So both of my stories are about going to uh, plays with Paul. I'm you know? so jealous. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really good plays. So the so last week, the week before, the first one I'm going to talk about is he goes, oh, I have a play. I have a, um extra ticket for this play uh, with it's it's like a sequel to Macbeth or something like that. I guess it, I guess it had this rave reviews in England and out of touring. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, but Paul, it was like seriously kind of last minute. He's like, I'm going to be at the theater in a couple hours. I'm like, okay, I'll meet you there. I don't live that far from the theater. Mike, the traffic was so bad. I Paul was like, yeah, he's like, I'm, I'll be like an hour early. He's like, great, I'll meet for coffee. Mike, the traffic was so bad that it's like the play starts at three. It's a matinee. Yeah, it's like I'm a block away, and it's like two fifty nine. I hate I know LA is, traffic. He's, it's driving you crazy now. Yeah. Because, so Paul's like, you know, I'm going to have to go inside. He's like, oh, oh, I forgot about this part. So I'm on the phone with Paul. Paul's like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I go, Paul, I'm literally a block away. He goes, I'm, he's all, they're already ringing the bell. I'm going to go inside. He goes, I'm going to leave your um, ticket here. I guess I'll leave it at the. Well, call. Ho- hold on, hold on for a second. What? Oh. <laughs> So there's this guy here. There's this guy here. He said he'll give you the ticket. And I'm like, who is he? His name is... His name is... Okay, bye. What? I get the phone? I'm like, what? And turns his phone on silent immediately? Yeah. He's like, yeah. And I was like, what's going on? So then I parked the car and in the lot and I, you know, I'm dashing up the stairs. And there's a guy, oh, I hate the, the, this wasn't these kind of play. I don't know why they had this. He was obviously a guy that worked in the theater. Cause actually this is a very serious play, a very serious play. Yeah. A guy dressed like, like almost it like, starts with a beheading, right? Oh, well, you're going to hold on. So I, I'm walking up and the guy, he's dressed like he's in, um, Monty Python, the Holy Grail. And I'm walking up, he goes, Arst thou Joe? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He goes, Arst thou Joe, I say. And I go, yeah? Paul hath left you this paper ticket. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he gives me the ticket. It's one of those theaters where you have to walk through all these hallways to get to the theater. And so I'm dashing downstairs and upstairs and going through things. And... I get to the front of the the house, the front of the house to get into the theater, and there's ushers, but they're just walking around, right? So I quietly, like, it's one of those theaters, too, where there's double doors so light doesn't get in. So I open one door, walk through the second set of doors. I wait for the, the other door to close. There's no light. I open the other door. I walk in. It's pitch black. The play, literally, Mike, you can tell the that it just started, like, one second in, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's... Oh, like two rows in the back of just empty seats. So I go, you know what? I'm not going to make, I'm not going to go try and find my seat. I'm just going to sit right here until there's a moment, you know? So I just sit down quietly in, 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 uh, in the seat and the play's like, where are a woman taps me on the shoulder 
And she's like, you, you can't be in here. And I go, oh, I, I have a ticket. And she goes, no, but you're late. You can't be in here. You're going to have to go outside and wait until they bring you in. And then she makes but me. you're already inside. I'm already inside. Like the she point made... of that is so that you're not disturbing people, but yes. you're now going to double disturb people. Yes, now she's walking up to me, to having a conversation with me, and make. And now she has to open the door <laughs> and lead me outside. <laughs> and then I go and I just sit there for the first 10 minutes. So for, so when you say that it opens the beheading, I'm like, sure. I don't know. <sighs> Was it called, is it called like done as me or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dunsinane? Yeah, that's, that sounds right. Okay, so this isn't a review so show, so I'll tell you later about the play. But the point is, so yeah, I had to wait 10 minutes. And then, uh, so then I went down, I sat down and saw the play. And uh, and whatever, nothing really terribly exciting happened after that. But Mike Lawson, can you believe that the usher, like, <laughs> but you look. First of all, I hate your guts and I would never invite you to play after this this happened i would well it wasn't my fault i left i left it's not your fault that you were late whose fault is it that you were late mike joe it's your fault that you were late no the second he called me i left it was like okay got got in my car and left the traffic was horrible awful took me an hour and a half to get there i don't know who else to blame to blame you (laughs) yeah they would you would yeah well you would have definitely walked in without me anyway so uh yeah, you you would at least Paul waited till like they were f- ringing the final bell. You would have sold my ticket. No, no, like fifteen minutes before that, I would have given it to the guy looking for the Holy Grail or whatever. Well, that was Paul's choice. I was updating him the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, what else um, is going on with you? Well, Joey, a few months ago, I did this talk with a group of people. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on here. And after the talk, there was this happy hour. And in the happy hour, Joey, I met this dude that I learned works for the state of California. And he also lives with type 1 diabetes. And he asked... Horrible roommate. He asked me... Wait, roommate? Go ahead. He asked me who designed the slides that I used for my presentation because he really liked them. Mm-hmm. And I said, kind of jokingly, but also sort of truthfully, that... I'm really good at designing PowerPoint presentations and that I wish I could have a job just doing that. Uh And he asked if I ever did freelance and I said, yeah, I do freelance design from time to time. And um, here's my contact info if you ever need it, whatever. Right. And during that conversation, I also revealed to him that my health insurance company is very strict about paying only for supplies that I need in a month without a really good uh, cushion. So they don't, they only give me like exactly what I need for this month and nothing Mm -hmm. extra. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the month, a lot of times I told them that I find myself using my very last set of insulin pump cartridges or continuous glucose monitor sensors, whatever. And I just said that I wish I had a prescription that would allow like a little bit more of a cushion. So I would feel safer. And he bragged that he's a state employee and he gets tons of supplies and he d- pays no copay. So mm-hmm. in the past, there were times where he would like take a vacation from one of his devices, but he would still order all of the supplies since he had a zero dollar copay. He would just keep getting them. Mm-hmm. And he also, his problem was that he had too much, too many supplies. 
like an entire room in his house is dedicated to diabetes supplies. Mm -hmm. So cut to last week, Joey, he emailed me and he told me that he had a design job that he needed done and would I want to do it. And he asked my free freelance rate. And he said, maybe as a joke, he said, I could always pay you in Dexcom sensor, my um, continuous glucose monitor sensors. And so I know that that's insurance fraud and I would never do such a thing. But let's say hypothetically that I took those supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, I was curious, do you think that that's a bad thing? Because I've asked two separate friends. Well, I've asked Steve and I asked my other friend Emily and I've gotten two separate opinions. So you're the tiebreaker. But let me tell you, in my head, I'm like, this is a win-win. He has extra supplies. I need supplies. We both win. But I guess the, the catch is that somebody's paying for these supplies, right? So if mm-hmm. he's a state employee, is it like taxpayers paying for this or insurance company? But, uh, well, in terms of the ethics of it, I don't have a problem with it. You know, with you getting these supplies, uh, that this guy has, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, this, what this, this guy's arrangement with, uh, the state of California, that's that guy's arrangement. If sure. you benefit from it, that's you benefit from it, you know? He benefits but, from it, too. No, he benefits from it, too, but... Because he's getting think, free design work. I don't think... Oh, so you actually did do free design work for these... Guys. Well, hi, hypothetically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a crummy... Like, he should just be doing... I mean, look, that's, the, that's where I have the problem. What? Is... If he is doing this, that, that the, the problem I have ethically is... Not with you. It's not you. It's this guy. If, if he's, I guess for no better term, bilking the state for these diabetes glucose monitors, right? Then, I don't know if I'm using the right phrasing here. It's good enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if he's bilking the state for that, and and he has all these extra glucose monitors, if he just gave them away, like, oh, I have all these extra ones, can I just get them? That's yeah. one thing, but then to actually use them as currency, something that he's benefiting from, from the state, then I have a problem with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, totally. So, uh, you don't, it, it, with you, that's not a whatever. That's it has nothing. To, you're not doing anything wrong. But for him to do that, that's I think that's wrong for him to do that because, again, like if he was like, hey, you know. Oh, you 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 come up short every month, or it's it's really close for you. Look, man, I because of X Y Z, I always have way more than I need. Dude, take take some here. Boom, sure. boom, boom. I have no problem with that. Interesting. Yeah, but I I see it. I see what you mean. But I kind of feel. What if he like offered to pay, and he sent a box of sensors or something? Would that be any better? And he got yeah, like a discounted rate. He yeah, got a fine. discounted rate because he was doing that. Well. I, I don't think he should get a discount. You're like, it's like, oh, thanks for giving these to me. The guy should just be sharing them if he if he has more than he needs. Sure. I have a problem with that. That's the part I have a problem. With. Well, it's a hypothetically, I yeah. did it just for sensors. Sure. <laughs> so there you go. What yeah. a, What about you? Did you go to see Carrie the Musical or anything? I did go see <laughs> Carrie the Musical, Michael. It's funny that you say that. So Paul had, and this, uh, it, well, actually, this is kind of funny. Yeah, so Paul gets extra tickets to go to see different plays. And so one of the uh, plays that he had a musical they had an extra ticket for was Carrie the Musical, coincidentally produced um, by a guy that um, Paul and I went to high school with. Yeah. Uh, Buck. Who does a lot of stuff in La Mirada, doesn't he? Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Buck was one of the producers in the show. So we told Buck, hey, uh, we're going to go. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, it's really, really good. Um, make sure and sit in section A1. So, <gasps> no, you're going to get blood on you. So Paul is like, okay. So we had to actually wait a little longer than usual to see this play because we had to make sure to get A1. Buck was insisting that we sit in section A1. Okay. Okay. So uh, last Tuesday, Paul and I show up to the La Mirada Theater for the Performing Arts to see this critically acclaimed Carrie the Musical, you know. Uh, so, oh, by the way, uh, shout out to podcaster Scott the Seder, who did, as I called it, correct me on Carrie the Musical. It didn't close after one performance. It closed after four. Mm-hmm. But it's widely seen as this huge bomb of a musical because it's very expensive to produce. Did they do anything in it where you had to, like, stand up and move and shit? Well, uh, so why did that happen? Well, let me tell you about this. So. Okay, okay, okay. Because okay. it's part of the story. So we show up. Now, one of the things is that, so I've never talked about this because it's never been important. But Buck and I, long before we started doing the podcast, Buck and I were very, 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 very close. Almost best friends, I would say. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into detail about this, but he and I had a huge falling out around 2008. Okay? Not my story to tell. I'll put it that way. Okay. And uh, so we had a huge falling out. And I, it's so funny how time passes now, but... I haven't seen Buck in since 2008. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but yeah, it's been seven years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's been seven years since I've seen Buck. Um, we've tried, even though we had a falling out, we've, I think, made up a couple of years after that, but we just, it just never was the same. We would, we talk maybe once a year after that. So Paul and I get there and they lead, because one of these things, they lead you onto the stage in groups, you know, because it's so, the play takes place on the actual stage, and the and the house is blocked off by curtains. Okay. And what they did was they set the stage up to look like a high school gym. Okay. Okay. And there are bleachers, and everything. So only if there's only a few bleachers, and then most of the audience is sort of sitting along the wall, almost like they would be like in stands, I guess. But there's actually like four movable bleachers. Okay, and then the stage is set in the middle. So when we walk in, Buck is sitting right in front of where we're going to sit. And so it's so funny. Again, I didn't think I had been that long since I seen him, but he's there with some guy. The guy has like a huge handlebar mustache. He's like, "Hey, bro, what's up?" Right? Mm-hmm. I don't remember that guy's name. And Buck gives me the longest hug, and he's like, "It's so good to see you." And I was like, "And it's weird when he hugged me. It was like at that moment, I was like, oh, I haven't seen him.'" In seven years. Like, I don't know why when I – he's a very warm guy. So when he hugged me like that, I was like, oh, yeah, you know? Because it was one of these things – and I think you and I felt this too because it had been a number of years before you and I saw each other face-to-face for the first time in Vegas. Yeah. Where, like, it felt like no time had passed. Does that make sense? Sure. So it felt like no time had passed, but yet I realized it had been seven years. So it, we hug. We sit down. Mike. I'm just, I know it's not a review show. I'll just say this. This is the best staged musical. This is the best staging of a musical I've ever seen in my entire life. And do you um, credit that to Buck or do you think that this no, is just Buck a musical? No, Buck has a director. No, the musical's horrible. So the director, 
the director of this did a phenomenal job. So what happens is, so I want to hear your thoughts of what you were saying. So what happens is at certain points in the musical, the bleachers move. Are you sitting on them? Yeah, you're sitting on the bleachers. While you're sitting there, the bleachers move. So the, there's there's crew, I guess, behind you moving the bleachers and turning the bleachers on the stage to frame the action. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And then there's this one key point right before the end of the first act where it's like this, like, you know, like every first act of these Fakakta musicals has like the jets are going to gather day tonight. You know, like something's going to happen tonight. You know, <laughs> we said, OK, no rumpus, no trick. But if Carrie's the prom queen, we're going to throw some blood on her. <laughs> so um, so but during that number on our section, our section moves the most. Mike. They literally like took the uh, the a, section A one and spun it around the stage without warning. Like, and I was like, Whoa! you know, like <laughs> this sounds like, dangerous. <laughs> like, Mike, imagine if you just like took, like, yeah, like like just like gave it like one big like, and like it just spun in a circle all around the stage, and someone caught it on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, it, it was fun though, and so. And so, uh, yeah, so a section A1 was great, you know, but no blood was splattered. So then an intermission this is the first real chance we have a chance to talk. We're all in the lobby. We're talking. And so there is a guy in this musical. Ugh, I am in fucking love with him. And which is great because um, I called him Naked Jesus because he plays Jesus at one point. Uh, again, and also in this musical, there's a lot of effects. There's people flying all over. The- this fucking Kathy Vicky, man. Every fucking goddamn musical, man. There's people flying. <laughs> that bitch can't stay on the ground. Because the Peter Pan, then this Carrie, people are flying all over the place. And I saw that they have Mary Poppins coming. Well, <laughs> right? isn't La Mirada, like, doing... I think La Mirada is doing... Where did I read that? They're doing, like, a series of, like... I don't know if they're calling them experimental theater pieces, but it's, like non-traditional settings where the cast i mean the cast and the audience kind of interact and you're don't be the seat you purchase is not necessarily the seat you sit in the whole time oh really like yeah. oh, okay well so this carry the musical has something to do with it this carry the musical is phenomenal and people flying a lot of effects people would have liked it right so then anyway but it's one of those musicals too where people sing talk you know where they're like they're like, Carrie, don't go to the musical. You're going to get some blood on you and they'll make fun of you. You know? And you're like, uh. But anyway, Naked Jesus. Written, written by the dude who wrote Fame, correct? Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. So, um, at one point, Naked Jesus flies in. And I had noticed him. I had yeah, Michael Gore. Him. Michael Gore. Academy Award winner Michael Gore. Oh, look at you, man. You're, you're on it. Naked Jesus flies in. I'm like, oh, but I had noticed him before that, right? So during intermission, I'm like, oh, Naked Jesus, man. Oh, I love him. By the way, Adante Carter is the name of the actor. Okay. So we're talking, Bobby Bloom, John Paul, and I were jump. I was like, oh, I like this guy. And we're talking about the different guys who are, because it's obviously, you know, like hot guys are in this musical. And uh, we're like, oh, I like this guy. I like that guy. So then we go, we, you know, they, they ring the bell. We're sitting back. We're going back to our seats. And the big guy with the mustache, right? He goes, uh, uh, who do you guys like? And I go, oh, I love Naked Jesus, right? He's half black kind of looking? Yes. Uh, Did he have long hair? 
Or the wig. Okay. So in the I thing, he has short hair. On his Twitter account, he's handsome. Ugh, I follow him on Instagram. I immediately followed him after the show. I'm like, ugh, creepy. <laughs> you know what's what funny is at one point, too. So, so anyway, actually, one of the most amazing things about the musical, again, like I said, the staging and everything's phenomenal, is so a lot of it's cut off because they have that curtain separating the house from the stage mm-hmm. with this gym. When they go to the prom, they open the curtains, and all the way into the house, they set up an entire gym, like prom. And you're like, whoa, right? So anyway, they have a dance, and at a certain point, members of the cast bring audience members up to dance with them. And he went up, there was this gay couple next to us. He went mm-hmm. up to the one of the guys in the gay couple next to us and asked him to dance. He's totally gay. Oh, he is totally gay, yeah. He is handsome, but pretty gay. Oh, yeah. Ugh, I was in love with him. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, and there's a part two where this thing. He's know, very ethnic for you. I'm actually very surprised because he's Mike, not I like ethnic guys. Eyes. I don't like blonde hair. He doesn't eyes. have blonde hair, Joe. I don't like blonde haired guys. Ever. I've never liked blonde haired guys. Anyway, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Um, he has like bright green eyes. Oh yes, Holy I know, shit, I know, I know. Follow him on Instagram. He's not like Richard though. No. So anyway, but he does have a Jesus picture. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, he's all over Instagram. He's mm-hmm. all over. I see, and he loves his dog or whatever. Anyway, so forget this. So then Paul's like, "Oh yeah, I like the guy that plays like the the captain of the football team." And the guy handlebar mustache goes, oh, yeah, uh, I really like the, the punk rock looking guy. The one who looks like Joey Ramone. And I was like, we we're like, what? What? <laughs> and then the musical is like starts. And we we're like, we we're like, what What the fuck? Like, Mike, <laughs> this guy looked like, you know who the actor Sam Elliott is? Uh, no. Hmm. You ever seen, um, uh, who cares? The actor Sam Elliott, if you guys know who he is, what he looked like? He's like a, just like a very rugged macho. Oh, yeah, yeah, He was in Parks and Rec. He played the other Braun Swanson. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rag, like... Rangy physique, thick horseshoe mustache, deep resonant voice. Yeah, yeah. Mike, it, I, I, I would have thought, oh, it's Sam Elliott. You Western know. draw. Yeah, ooh. I like this, uh. I like the one that looks like Joey Ramone. Sam Elliott is 70. Is this guy about 70? No, this guy's in his early 40s. It's an early 40s Sam Elliott. Okay. You know? And so, um, yeah, that was so shocking. But anyway, yeah, so in the parking lot, Paul and I were going down people we liked, and I followed a Dante Carter on Instagram. Thank God he has like 800 followers, because then it would have been awkward, but ugh. I'm so, I mean, with an, with an experience like that, Let's say you he didn't have tons of followers. Do you think when he you follow him, he could potentially say like, "Oh, this guy was just in the show. I remember seeing him," because they're like interacting with you guys. Yeah, right? especially where I was sitting, he would definitely go, "Oh, this creepy faggot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy, oh, the old guy." Because Dante Carter is clearly twenty nothing. Yeah, clearly barely pushing twenty. <laughs> no, he's he's definitely over twenty. But in other words. He, he looks like like he's playing a high school kid. And you're not going like what? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but whatever. He's hot. Yeah, I was telling Buck too. I was all like, ah, I love this Adante Carter. Buck's like, 
Yeah. Get in line. He's 24. He knows his response. So uh, anyway, Paul and I were talking, though, about this. We're like, man, for being a straight guy, uh, Paul sure hangs out with a lot of gay guys. Uh, You said that wrong. But okay, uh, for being a straight guy, Paul sure. And I'll talk. <laughs> did I say Paul before too? Yeah. Oh, for being a uh, straight guy, Buck sure hands out with a lot of gay guys. I can't talk today. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even do that right. You I didn't even do that right. <laughs> I didn't even do that right. I didn't even do that right. Okay, hold on. Let's try it again. We were like, uh, <laughs> like ah. For being a straight guy, this buck sure hangs out with a lot of gay guys. I wish that joke was worth all that work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even that good of a joke. <laughs> Ugh, and I gotta leave that in? Anyway. <laughs> what's going on in the Bay Area? What's the news? Well, I wanted to tell you this story and see what you thought of it. So, the Oakland A's, today's opening day for the Oakland A's, and um, this story's hitting the news. So, they do all of these different, like, uh, night, different nights for different groups. So, I know they have, like, um, uh, I don't know, lawyer night or... Um, Asian American night. Or oh, you're going to be there in spades on and Asian so American night. And so they have, uh, for the very first... better not sit in your lap on Asian American night. The very first time ever... Batter up. They're doing LGBT Pride night uh-huh. this year. Yeah. And there's been this weird... Well, I don't know. Maybe it should be expected. They're sports fans. I don't know. But there's been negative responses on social media about it. Uh, a lot of people are saying... I say a lot of people, but there are people saying that they would sell their tickets if they're season ticket holders for this LGBT Pride Night because they don't want to have anything to do with it. And um, after seeing some of this negative response on social media, uh, the Erin Dolan, which is the girlfriend of A's pitcher Sean Doolittle, saw this as an opportunity and she wrote on her blog that she was disheartened to see a handful of responses on social media from people who, for whatever reason, don't support the night of inclusion. And she was actually raised by two moms um, Mm -hmm. who are both diehard A's fans. So she said that anyone who wanted to sell their tickets to the game that night, that her and Doolittle would buy them. And then she's going to donate them to a local LGBT QI community center for teens and young adults so that they could come to the game. And after she did this, the a GoFundMe page was set up by somebody else and they raised 6,000 bucks and they're going to use that money to buy tickets for pe- from people if you want to get rid of your tickets that day. And I really think that that is going to be the best night at that ballpark ever. Are you going? Um, I don't have plans to go yet, but I do want to see a few games. This uh, LGBTQ night is on June 17th, so I've got some time. I might be traveling that weekend. This, You know, summers I travel a lot. Oh, you do? Yeah, remember? So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I think, uh, what, what do you think about all of this? And if you can't imagine a gay night at the ballpark, you could imagine like gay days at Disneyland. Like, do you think that people should know this before they go and then they could decide if they want to partake in this party or not? I'm not going to lie. This seems a little bit manufactured. I'll tell you why. How who, how many people in the Bay Area 
are really getting upset by this point at gay shit and LGBT yeah. night. I agree with you on that. But if I were going to say, why don't you find me a group of people that have something in common that will get upset about gay shit? I would say maybe people that go to the ballpark once a week. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe I don't deny that there's probably like internet trolls who. Yeah. Uh, I actually think there. it's more internet trolls saying they don't want their tickets and they don't mm-hmm. actually have tickets mm-hmm. than real ticket holders. Because if you think about it, if, I'm just going to sound really kind of elitist. But if you're at a certain point, if you live in the Bay Area and you've worked up enough money where you can buy season tickets to the A's, you know, you're clearly you're not you're not the working class, you know. Yeah. Joe. Season season tickets for the the cheapest seat is over a thousand dollars for one seat. Yeah. Most people will have doubles, you know. And then to live in the Bay Area at that point, you're like, I'm selling my season tickets because of this. Hmm. I, I would say you – there would have been other things in the Bay Area by that point. When they're naming every goddamn fucking thing after Harvey Milk, yeah. that would have pissed you off more than this one LGBTQ uh, Well, what do you think night. then about um, just people boycotting the night? Boycotting is a strong word, but like just deciding not to go Look, on this specific You know what? Night. To be honest with you, I bet you it's mostly gay guys are going to watch. I don't want to be around 50,000 gay guys yeah. in a baseball stadium. And it really, if when I go to a baseball game, I go because I want to eat three hot dogs and I want to eat drink a beer. Yeah, it's going to be a night a of game. different people taking selfies and being on their phone the whole time. No one's going to watch that game. It's yeah. going to be the least watched baseball game in history. Well, you're you're forgetting though that LGBTQ starts with an L, and the L stands oh, yeah. for lesbians, and those oh, lesbians love ball. Yeah, but you know what? The lesbians they'll they'll, they'll school those gay guys. You think so? They'll be like, they'll be like you with them in the, like, the way you are at a theater with cell phones. They're going to be the same way. Like, respect the game. <laughs> I don't mind people using a cell phone at a baseball game, though. What's that one song? And I don't even know if this woman's lesbian. I just, I think she is. I think I'm behind the music on VH1. She, she's lesbian now. Um, I love the nightlife. I love to boogie on the disco. Oh, yeah. Is she a lesbian? I think she is. I think she lives like in Arizona and wears topaz, and is a lesbian. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even lying. I'm, I'm, I think I, I. I seem to. I, I seem to have a memory. Is it Alicia of, Bridges? It is Alicia. And I want to say she says it Alicia Bridges, but I could be wrong. Okay. But is she a lesbian? Okay, let's find that out. Mike, master of Google, is now going to find out first if Alicia Bridges. Shh. Alicia Bridges, born July fifteenth, nineteen fifty three. Is according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, openly lesbian. Wow! I love the nightlife. I love to boogie. How sad! In one sentence, in one sentence, Alicia Bridges is an American singer who co-wrote and performed "I Love the Nightlife." Well, you know what it was. Again, I don't know why this particular episode of Behind the Music really stuck with me. (laughs) But I'm, if I'm not mistaken, then there was a rash of this in the 70s where Rick Dees had that disco duck song. Yeah. I think she was like a disc jockey. Disc jockeys were doing this thing where they'd come out this one like van, like this uh, novelty track. Uh-huh. And I think I think she was a disc jockey and this was her track, if I'm not mistaken, or some sort of like something weird like that. Like she wasn't really a singer. But I don't know. You have 
You have the Wikipedia page in front of you. She was she sang mostly rock, blues, and love songs, but this was for some reason she got her fame for a disco song. And oh, maybe that's, that's what it is. I remember she wasn't supposed to be doing this. Been this hard her for thing. her to reconcile for many years. Many years before either one of us was born. As a teenager, she realized she was different from the rest. That's in quotation marks, and she discussed that in a 1998 interview with The Advocate. Yeah. Anyway, the point. Of, this is a long way to go. Uh, I'll bet you she'll be at this game. <laughs> That's why I brought the whole thing up. Was, uh, Does she, she live in the Bay Area? Probably not. She told you she's in Arizona. <laughs> she'll probably throw out the first pitch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And she uh, won't even need to do like that. Pussy. You know, I saw that this. Uh, remember my best friend, Joe Torrey? He went and threw out the first pitch at the Yankees game today. And I saw he didn't even go to the mound. He did a little bit short. You know, he, he was a little yeah. bit closer and he did it. A lot of uh, people do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, this bitch, she's going to second base and she's going to nail that pitch. <laughs> you know she can do it. With her, she's going to have like four like, pit bulls with her. <laughs> she should sing the national anthem. Like, oh, say, can you sing? <laughs> By the dawn's light, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's up in LA? Any news stories uh, happening in LA, or should we just stay with the Bay Area? I know, seriously. Mike, a restaurant owner forced cook to work for three years without pay, deputies say. A Santa Clarita Valley restaurant owner was arrested on Tuesday for allegedly forcing his cook to work for three years without pay. Authorities took 47 year old Pardeep Kumar into custody around 4 30 p.m. in his restaurant located on the 23,000 block of Valencia Boulevard, according to City News Service. The cook, who has not been named, told the L.A. Sheriff's Department that he was basically being treated as a slave over the years and detailed the nightmarish conditions he had to live through. He said he worked seven days a week for 12 to 14 hours a day, was physically assaulted if he made mistakes, had to live with the owner and travel to and from work with him, and wasn't allowed to speak to anyone else. What was the restaurant called? Do you know? uh, Yes, I do. It was called the Tandoori Grill. Located at twenty three three six no two two three three six zero Valencia Boulevard. I'm just trying to think of like that area. It's yeah. not really known for the best food. No, yeah, it's probably not very good because this guy's tired. He's working twelve to fourteen hours a day. Yeah, you know, seven days a week. Yeah. You know, but then like here's the his thing: his brother in India gave the police a tip. He emailed them. And oh, said, so it's My an Indian guy. He's not getting paid. Well, look, hey, you know what? As a t- it, it's probably tough for an Indian to get a cooking job. The Mexicans pretty much have that tied up out here. So he does have that going for him. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what else. He has the experience now to open up his own restaurant. True. Yeah. If he's here legally. Oh, you think they're going to send him back to India? What do you think they're going to do with him if he's here illegally? Oh, I don't know what they're going to do. I never thought about that. Because you know what I was thinking about the other day is what happens to these birds? Like... Okay, so let's say, you know, you're a bird and you have these eggs and you, you hatch some eggs, right? And then you take care of these birds and they grow up and they leave. What happened to the bird who had the nest? Wait, wait, what? Yeah. I was over at this place and there was this nest and the mama bird was feeding all these baby birds some worms. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, you know, these uh, worms, these, ba- these baby birds are going to grow up and they're going to leave. And then this mama bird is going to be left all alone. What does she do now? I'm, do you know? She has more birds or she dies. Oh, what a depressing life. I'm never going to have kids. I don't want to die. 
it's the same life we have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Mike, my question to you. Do you like Indian food? I don't hate it. I've had, we've talked about this before, I think. I don't know if on the podcast or not. But I tutored this awful kid when we worked together at that tutoring place. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid actually wasn't that bad. His mom was awful. Yeah. And she, like, would, we would sit in the dining room and she would sit in the kitchen and, like, butt in all the time. Uh, the worst, she, Joe. Did she know Betty Batanz? Joe, the worst. And um, his, the tutoring that he did, he had, like, a guaranteed score and he didn't get it. So I had to go back to uh, tutor him again. And uh, it was, it was, like, just a short number of hours or something. But. He almost made the score, so I went back. The kid was fine, but the mom would, like, sit in and butt in and just made the job more difficult. So I had one last tutoring session. By the way, they were Indian. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I brought that up. Um, I had one session left, like one hour left. She was the kind of mom, and you know this kind of mom. Like, um, when... If I if we finished a section and it was like 50 minutes, she would note that I had 10 extra minutes and tack it on later to another hour that we mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I did a, an hour and 10 minutes, oh, yeah. she'd forget all about that. Oh, That's yeah. That's no big totally deal. forget about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had one hour left with this kid. I drove to the house and I was like in my head feeling like um, I, I'm never going to have to see this kid again. Just deep breaths. You can make this work. So I walk in, Joe, and she's like, you know what? No tutoring today. We have one hour left. Why don't you just sit with us and eat? I made all this food. Oh, and that so, was nice of her. So nice. Because in my head, I'm like, this fucking cunt. I can't wait till I never have to see her again. And she made me dinner and was like, she. I mean, she was just hard on the whole thing because she really wanted her kid to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the first time I ever had Indian food, and it was disgusting. So, it, <laughs> So... <laughs> In my head, I thought that I don't like Indian food, but it turns yeah. out I just didn't like her cooking yeah. because I have since had really good Indian food. Yeah, maybe I've yet to have good Indian food, which is uh, – I, I went not... a few years where I thought I just hate Indian food until mm-hmm. I've kind of like tested the waters here and there, and I actually really do like it. Okay. I'm going I'm to give it another chance. I had, I've only had it a couple of times in my life, and that's what I've often told people. Is I, and this is true. I love – Seriously, love every cuisine in this world to death. Yeah. Except I can't get into Indian food. Do you like, um, have you done like Thai curry? Love Thai. Well, I, you know, here's the thing I don't like curry. I don't mm-hmm. even like Thai curry. I like every other Thai, every other dish in, from the Thai cuisine. Can't get into the curry. Because that's what kind of bridged it over for me is I really like Thai curry. And so there's some like similar kind of essence in Indian curry that I can get into now that I appreciate Thai curry. You know who I bet can turn me over to liking the Indian food, right? Who? This guy. He's had tons of pr- – you know, like uh, he basically squeezed in. You know that Malcolm Gladwell has that, that 10,000 hours? Uh-huh. You're good at something? Uh-huh. This guy did it in, a, in a six months. <laughs> <laughs> He's an outlier. Uh-huh. He's one of them outliers. Well, Joey, I have kind of the opposite story um, from up here that I wanted to tell you about. Have you heard of Apple? They make like computers and stuff. No. Um, This tech giant, they're building a new office up here in Cupertino. And several construction workers who were hired to build the exterior of Apple's new campus were ordered to leave the site recently because they had prior felony convictions. 
So several union officials said that this is what happened. Uh, the ban is unusual for construction work, a field in which employers typically do not perform criminal background checks. Um, and a statement was released by the union saying Apple is nervous about uh, preserving its proprietary information and they don't know why hiring felons would concern them, but whatever, that's their rule, so that's what they're going to do. And I was curious what you thought about that because I feel like, I don't know, like, we need to hire felons after they do their time. Like they've done their time. If we just tell them like, well, do your time, get out and you can have no job. Then they're just going to do other felonies to live. Right. Am like I being I said, too liberal? Am I being too liberal? No. Like I said, I'm going to this homeboy industries gala. Oh yeah. 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 Which is exactly I did, what what's the, funny. I didn't even like connect the two. That's essentially what homeboy industries does. It takes them out of the gangs and they're obviously usually felons. Or have been at some point, I'm sure and they try to get them back into the workforce. You know, they try and get work them back into society. You know, I'm a big proponent of if you've paid your debt to society, then you get another chance. Otherwise, you're just perpetuating the problem. Yeah, you know. There, so that there are certain like sexual crimes with children, though. Like I feel like there's oh yeah evidence yeah, yeah, that yeah, say yeah. like that can, that's a crime that gets. Ha- that happens more than once yeah. in a person's life. Sex right? crimes with children, murder, uh, not re- not rewinding your video cassettes, certain talking things. Talking at you're the gonna theater. Be... Oh, talking at the theater, yes. Being a one minute late and going into the theater and having the usher kick you out. <laughs> Repeat yeah. offender. Guilty as charged. But it's like you robbed a liquor store, you did your time for it. Put me on Lawson's Law. You robbed a liquor store, you did uh, your time for it, you get out of jail, you get a job. Like, you're on the right track. That's what, after you go to prison, that's what they want you to do, right? You get a job. And yeah. And they're like, sorry. So then, like, I don't know. I just think then it makes it easier for them to go back and rob more liquor stores. And it was for construction. Right. It was, right. It wasn't like even that they were asking them to, like, count their money at the end of the day for them and go deposit in the bank. Like, it was, I don't know, a construction job. I don't know. You know what the most shocking part of the story that you sent me was? Shocking. I was shocked. I was gobsmacked. What? Did you see that they interviewed one of these uh, ex-felons that they fired? Uh-huh. It was an Asian guy. Why does that shock you? I don't know. Imagine Asians really breaking the law. Um, why? I don't know. They seem just very, like, law-abiding kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, has Steve ever broken the law in front of you? Yeah. Jaywalking. <gasps> he jaywalked. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay, look, anytime they come to transportation, okay, yes, well, people, there are lots of laws being broken. Well, people are coming to Apple. You know what? Maybe that's, what, maybe that's why he wasn't felon. Maybe he's a felon for, it was felony level horrible driving. Maybe that's what it was. The people that are defending Apple are saying that uh-huh. if you are the employer, you can make any rule you want. So, for example, they could say everyone on our construction site has to have a college degree. Mm-hmm. And that's their their right to do. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Stupid. No, you know what it could be, too, is, you know, Apple, it, we forget, is because Apple's really good at marketing themselves this way. Strangely, it's the biggest corporation in the world, but there is a very sort of intimate relationship people have with Apple. Yeah. And they're really good at that. But, you know, as being, like, the biggest corporation in the world, 
is there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're just saying, well, you know, we want everyone who works here to not be a felon, but they're meaning like the stores, you know, like the kid people who are like, you know, who are going to be around this technology all day. Yeah. And then there's some overzealous rule followers like, nope. You know, everyone, 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 right? You know, that's possible. The 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 uh, statement from the union though makes me think that it's more um, specific than that though, because they said they don't want people around their proprietary information if they have prior convictions. So, like, maybe they think that somebody's gonna like put in some sort of spying device or something when they're creating the building. Do you think that that's possible? But there's so many people involved in the construction side that would be so unlikely. Once again, I think it's somebody making an excuse because I know in, in the article, Apple hasn't responded. Yeah. And the, a response doesn't mean an admission. A lack of a response doesn't mean an admission of guilt. It just means they're probably like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, how is this a thing? I don't know. I'm actually going to give, being an Apple fanboy, I'm going to give Apple a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. Right? And I think it'll work itself out. And once again, as we all know, uh, unions are evil. And they're going to lead to the destruction of the world. So I wouldn't trust a thing that they said. Thank you. What's up in LA? Mike. Uh, revenge porn sleaze gets 18 Ugh. years in prison. In the country's toughest revenge porn ruling to date, you got posted operator Kevin. Oh, how do you say the fucking name? Kevin Bowler was sentenced to 18 years in prison on Friday, according to the LA Times. In February, the 28-year-old San Diego man was convicted of 21 counts of identity theft and 6 counts of extortion, crimes connected to a revenge porn scheme where Bollert posted nude photos of women submitted by angry ex-lovers and then charged hundreds of dollars for the images to be taken down. Yeah. And so then, that's uh, the creep. That's what makes him a creep. Is he started this revenge porn site where you can post pictures of your exes that you got on your phone? And they're nude and whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But then he also started a website that like helped you clean up your online reputation. So if you want those pictures to take down, to be taken down, you would pay this clean up your reputation site. You would pay them three hundred bucks, and yeah. then he would take them down from his other website. Where you didn't know that they were in cahoots. That they were and I think he dude. was posing as other people to get these pictures as well, right? I think he was like doing some sort of weird catfishing just to get these photos. He's a shitbag. He's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see like do you see the picture of him too? Like tears in his eyes. Well, and he's he's sad. I mean, he's losing his freedom and he made a huge mistake and he's paying for it. So I don't think that those tears are fake. I just feel oh, like Oh, I don't think, oh, I don't think the tears ache, but I'm he just, just deserves like, to be yeah, crying. He's a, right yeah, now. he's a total just are you on the Gawker article? Yeah. Don't you think that the little avatar of Hudson Hongo, the author, looks like me with glasses? <laughs> I just look, I just miss that right now. <laughs> yeah, when you make it big, it doesn't look so much like you, but uh, yeah, it totally yeah. looks like you. So anyway, um, but I guess I guess the point being made in the comments is that if you're taking um joy out of seeing him cry like that that is in its in its own way revenge porn yeah right? but i'm not i'm not actually taking joy what i'm actually commenting on is what a narcissist though like does he, he can't see like he only can weep for himself he's not thinking of, like all these people who that he really just sort of ruined their lives you know by uh forcing him to pay all this money there's another guy too what's that guy's name he um 
you know what's always weird? They all look, they all, these revenge porn guys vaguely look like this guy, um, Kevin uh, Bowler. Because the other one guy, which is his uh, name, he has a hot name, whoever the other guy is. The one from, like, no, 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 that guy, no. This there's another there's a really famous revenge porn guy. I can't remember what his name is. Like up all night or someone's name or his website or some dumb thing like that, right? And the the he's like the king of the revenge porn, like Hunter or something or something. And uh, he looks like this guy too. They all kind of look like this like douchey entitled, dark haired white guy, just like frat boy. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I'd have sex with him. So how many years? Did Eighteen he get? years. Yeah, and he committed no felonies, or he did. Oh yeah, he can't felonies. work at Apple. Extortion. Yeah, because yeah. Kamala Harris, man, she releases. Oh, because it's Kamala Harris is all about this shit. She's the one that enacted all this uh, revenge porn shit. I'm sure. I'm sure people smarter than either of us have figured this out. But like, how much? How many years do you get for like second degree murder? I don't. It might not be as much. I don't because think so. I just. But is it like each case is like more years? Yeah. So he did this to five people. So then it's the sentence times five yeah. or something. I, I mean, yeah, I there is a weird look. Um, cool. Well, I, I think he's getting what he deserved, though. Um, and hopefully when he gets out after he's let me done ask his you, time, let me, ask you a question. A let me ask you a question. This is very difficult for us because we're gay. But yeah. he's a nice looking guy. So let's say you go to prison, right? Let's say for some strange reason. You get sent to an all women's prison, right? Yeah, you. Me? Because I have to make this the same thing okay. for this guy. Okay. For some strange o reason, you get sent to an all women's prison for eighteen years. You're going to be there. Do you think at a certain point you just start having sex with women? Mm, that's a lot. No. Maybe. I don't think I would. I don't think I, don't I would. Know. I think I would just masturbate. Yeah, I think I see. I don't know. Like, I'm only seeing this one picture of this guy. Like, would I have sex with him in prison? Because, you know, it's so funny because I hear differing accounts about this prison sex. You know? Oh, no, he's very good looking. I'm trying to see here. Oh, yeah, he's very cute. He's very my type. Oh, he's very. Oh, can I get? Oh, I, can, I need to go do a felony and get sent to the same prison as him. Gross. Yeah, that'll revenge porn him. Anyway, um, the point is that uh, what was I talking about? I I'm sorry, I got so wrapped up in how hot he was. What do you got going on next week, Joey? Oh, like, look, here's the thing. Um, I've, I, you know, I've heard differing reports here. I've read some things on Reddit, some Ask Reddit th- threads, where they're like, no, look, here's the thing. If, if you, and also you know that I went to college someone who, who went to prison, yeah. and I wrote to him for a while before I got bored of it. And, uh, he had said the same thing too, which is, look, if you, the gay guys hang out, if you want to have a gay guy relationship, you can do it. But if you don't, it's not a big deal. You just don't, you know? But like, I would just be like, oh, but then I'm gay, so now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fetishizing the prison experience, you know. Well, it's hard to kind of have an accurate, um, an accurate parallel for us. Yes, it is. You it really I mean? is. Like, there's no, there's no male prison. I would, well, what if you went to a all male prison, but they were like all people you were not attracted to? I okay, that's a trick. That's a good one. 
I I would say at a certain point that, you know, there's the old phrase, when the well is dry, you drink dirty water. So at a certain yeah. point, I would just inadvertently, not consciously, just be, find myself attracted to one of them. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I think this is a good question for, I can't ask Cameron, because Cameron now is, I guess we asked, like, who do I ask? Adam? Um, Adam Vaught. Yeah, I guess I ask Adam Vaught. Adam Vaught actually would be honest. Adam Vaught would be honest. Yeah. It's so. It's one of those things too, though. Like you would say, like you could potentially say, like, no, that's not in my character, but or yes, I would do that. But then when you're there, that might be different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. I don't know. What do you got going on next week, Mike? Joey? Um, I've agreed to meet up for lunch with uh, podcast listener Lamont Cranston. He's going to be in L.A. Oh, cool. and uh, he's swinging through town. I thought I'd meet him for lunch with him. Uh, as I've mentioned, I'm going to go into the Lo Maximo Awards, you know, cool. uh, this weekend with Chris and Mercedes. And and then also, once again, one more plug for um, your favorite podcast, the RuPaul's Drag Race recap show that I do with uh, Daniel Brewer from Dubious Intent Plus and Ms. Donna Sugars from Cocktails and Cream Puffs where every week we review the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, available wherever you get your podcast. What do you have going on next week, Mike Lawson? Cool. Well, we have this big project happening at work um, that basically started today and will end on the 20th of April, so lots of time spent on that. And then I'm going to head back to Sacramento uh, and do a, a thing there coming up in the next few days. Um, and when I'm there... If you're listening, Jay, I'm planning on meeting with you, so I'll text you in the next couple of days. But I'm going to listen to – I mean, I'm going to meet up with friend of the show, Jay, when I'm there. Blind Guy Jay or Jay the Haunt Cub? Uh, blind Guy Jay. Oh, that should be fun. Cool. Well, nice catching up with you, Joey. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid. <laughs>